Charles Davis joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Charles, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to talk with you guys again. Hope everyone's great. Uh, we're doing uh, real well, um, and you heard we've got Devin Booker. We're doing really good, Charles. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> He's doing great too. Uh, will the Cardinals do great? They're in an interesting spot, and I know your latest mock draft, your last mock draft, just dropped this morning on NFL.com. And let's get this out there ahead of it. At number three in this draft, you've got the Arizona Cardinals because Will Anderson going number two to Houston. You've got them taking offensive tackle Paris. Johnson with the third overall pick. How likely of a scenario do you think that is, Charles? I think it's highly unlikely because I don't think there's any of us anywhere who follow this or around it, heck, or breathing air right now and have any conscious thoughts think that the Cardinals aren't going to try to do everything possible to get out at three. You know, and, yep. and have someone come up and get someone and then get more picks and add to their roster because, as we well know, this is a roster that needs a lot of additions. Mm-hmm. So getting a great player at three, terrific. If you can get multiple players, way better. And I think that's what the Cardinals are eager to do. I don't think Monty, Monty Austin Ford's going to have his phone turned off at all over the next yeah. whatever number of hours yeah. until that pick comes up. Better not. Uh, this is how ridiculous draft season becomes. A few weeks ago, I was hearing reports about how people were getting turned off by Will Levis's biceps. It means he's too vain. It means he spends too much time in the weight room, and he, he'll try to gun throws into double coverage. And, and yesterday, he's number one on Vegas draft boards to go first overall. And, and, and you know it's all garbage from one end to the other. So how do you, being a smart football dude, rank these quarterbacks? Quarterbacks and how do you think they're going to roll out um, in sequentially? Well, thank you very much for calling me a smart football you are. person. I appreciate that very much. I, can you send me a copy of this tape, please? <laughs> I've, got ex, I've got a lot of ex-coaches <laughs> yeah. who are going to take exception to that. Um, but bottom line is, for me, it's been Bryce Young 1, C.J. Stroud 2, Hendon Hooker 3, Will Levis 4, and, excuse me, Anthony Richardson 4, Will Levis 5. And it's been that way for probably a month and a half or so. I know at the start of this, Hooker wasn't even a consideration because of the knee injury. The medical's much better. And just when I watch the tape, I see a better player. Now, obviously, I run into the, oh, you're a Tennessee guy, you're, you're a homer. I'll take the criticism forever, whatever it's worth. My track record, I think, is pretty good of being an evaluator, and, and where you went to school doesn't come into play. But bottom line for me on all of this is trying to follow where it all goes. And let's, let's, use, let's use the Levis one as, as, as a funny part. Yeah, it's almost like watching Moneyball and seeing the old scouts sit around and, and evaluate a player with all their bromides. You remember those? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, can, I wouldn't draft him. He's got no confidence. How do you, mean, how do you know he's got no confidence? He's got an ugly girlfriend. <laughs> no confidence. And you're like, what? You know? But I remember having an uncle. We were on a bus one time. He said, ah, it's going to be a good ride. I said, why is it a good ride? He said, he's a bus driver. He's broad beamed. He said, those skinny guys, they don't handle the bus real well. What? That's excellent. That's okay. A, yeah. You know, I remember, right. And last one I'll leave you with, and you probably heard it before. Walk in to go get a get a haircut. Oh yeah, yeah. Tommy, will take you next. You look over. Tommy's bald. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Bald barber. No respect for your hair. Nope. So this is what you run into now. These are the things that we have. Will Levis's biceps and being and looking good on the beach is not the issue. 
The issue is, is he fluid enough with those biceps? Now, I've talked to some really good football people who have questions. They don't care if you look like you're, you're going to beat up Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> because Anthony Richardson does. But he's very fluid in his movement. It's not locking him out of things. We'll watch it when you watch Will Levis throw, especially trying to throw to his left. You'll see him lock himself out of things with footwork. And then you wonder about him turning and throwing, and is he fluid enough throwing the football? That's what some people are concerned about. But it, but it turns into more like, ah, he looks like he's on Muscle Beach. He can't play quarterback for me. <laughs> Tom Brady doesn't look like that. Yeah. You know? So so that's what it turns into, and each person has a different thing. My, my question on Will Levis has nothing to do with his weight room workouts and ethics because I actually admire that. He gets in and gets after it. I just want to know if he's fluid enough to do all the things you're looking for. Other guys have a little more fluidity to their game. Makes sense. Charles Davis, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings, staying with the quarterbacks. And in your mock this morning, you got C.J. Stroud going fourth overall to Indianapolis, which I think would be a coup for the Colts overall. They wouldn't have to move up to get their quarterback if it unfolds this way. But the uh, over-analysis has kind of, it's definitely affected C.J. Stroud, too. There was the whole flap about the Manning camp and his uh, mm-hmm. lack of commitment there. Then you got the release of the, the S2 test, which re- uh, replaced the Wonderland. Yeah and he scored very low on that test. What do you make of all this late, really pointed criticism on C.J. Stroud, Charles? Well, I think that like anything else in this world, we'd love to know exactly where the sources are of the leaks. Mm -hmm. They get some of this stuff out, especially the S2 score. Was it a rival camp trying to improve position for their person? Was it someone that acts to grind? Remember year, Remember how many years ago was it the Laramie Tunsil draft where we got the video the night of the draft of him with the gas mask on with the Confederate flag behind him, uh-huh. smoke, smoke swirling everywhere, and that happened on draft night? Uh-huh. Who dropped that then? And then I think it was traced back to someone. It might have been a family member, someone close who was upset they weren't the age. I mean, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like a bad TV movie, uh-huh. and we watched it. And I remember going, oh, my God. And we were all just watching this thing. And when people tell me how much some of this stuff can affect you, I always say it depends on how good you are. Because Laramie Tunsil got affected to the extent that he ended up going number 13 in the first round. It absolutely destroyed his life. No, he went 13. So if you're really good, you can get past a lot of things. Yeah. With all these other things that are coming out, the S2 score, wouldn't you love to do some S2 scores on some past Hall of Fame quarterbacks? Oh, yeah. I know that when we did the Wonderlick, we've got guys with really low Wonderlick scores that we love playing, we love watching play on Sundays, and we actually can see their busts in can. So I, I don't right. know exactly how you take all these, and it depends on the team and the deal. The Manning thing, I'm going to let the Manning family speak on that one. Yeah. Okay? Because. They know better than anyone. If anything went down, didn't go down. You haven't heard a word from them, but I think that's up. I think that's their story to tell. I work that camp every year, so I know certain things. But to me, that's their story to tell. 
The uh, dysfunction in Arizona surrounding the Cardinals, uh, it, it's been going on for a year plus. It just hasn't seemed to stop. And, and now they've got a reputable GM who's got to undo a lot of damage caused by the previous yeah. GM. When you rebuild a team the way the Cardinals have to, what, it, what, your history, where do you look? Did, is, it, is it in the trenches? Is it offensive line? What might be the best case scenario for the Cardinals um, position slash player wise, even if they move down, which we know is their preference? I don't know that there's a scenario that's wrong for them right now with where their roster is. And I know that feels like just the, the easiest answer in the world. But you guys know the roster better than I do. Tell me a spot that you wouldn't want to go get something. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. You know, and, and, and but but to me, when we're talking about it, it's overall what Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin Ford have to do is they've got to have that. And God, do we overuse this word culture? Because we've just taken and turned it into a class that I couldn't pass in high school, but. <laughs> The culture of what you're having, it doesn't matter what positions they're going for. They have to have people who are all about how are we going to become a, a true NFL franchise that wins football games and settle for nothing less. That's what you have to have in your locker room. You have to have all of those players, those guys who are there for that. You had it when Bruce Arians was there. Mm-hmm. You know, that roster was built that way with guys who came in and were dedicated to doing the thing and not going to let people do it the wrong way. The faces of the face of your program right now, the face of that, that franchise, is an uber-talented quarterback who last year, during their contract things, scrubbed all media of, of being a Cardinal. I just, don't, I just don't think that is how we go about doing things. If we're yeah. trying to build up a franchise. Yeah, that's a great now, point. Now, he's a year older. He's going to keep getting better. I'm not here for the criticism. He's an extraordinary, breathtaking player. But he is the face. You need people who are going to make sure that we are about being an NFL team winning games. Those are your locker rooms that get it done. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, they, they didn't just win because of talent. All right? You got a quarterback that's not going to permit anything else. New England, all those years, players wouldn't permit anything else. You did it wrong there. It wasn't just the quarterback telling you how to do it right. It's everybody. That's what you have to build up to. Yep. Charles, thank you so much for joining us You're this morning, man. coming on the show. We really appreciate your time and insight, as always.